With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's about what teams to bet on. The truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you should check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust us, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy. When you win, they pay. You can do in-game betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar for up to 1000 bucks. If you use our promo code BOYS, that's BOYS, capital B-O-Y-S, visit MyBookie today. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. All right, Oof. we're back. Woof, um, woof. Lots to unpack this morning. Lots to unpack. We're coming to you, not live, but we are coming from my parents' basement, just like every good little t- Twitter troll should be like I am. Um, <laughs> had a lot of fun messing with Iowa State fans as usual. Uh, Friday before the game, that was a lot of fun. Sadly, that was a lot more fun than the game, but we'll get into that before we do. It's a tradition. We almost scrapped it today, but we'll do it anyways. Yep, that's right. Beer of the pod. Um, coming from my parents' basement at you know noon on a Sunday. It's just a Bud Light pounder. It's a big, big old Bud Light tall Bud boy. Light tall boy. Hey, what you know, you it is what it is. You know, it's beer of the pod. Um, you know, we might as well just get into talk, talk through the game highlights. Uh, you know, in this segment, we're hopefully going to try to touch on most bigger plays, some of the scoring, all the scoring plays, the turnovers. Um, if you guys would like us to, you know, run through this stuff in a different way in future episodes, let us know. But this is how it is, you know, for this week. You know, it was a frustrating game. The Wildcats ended up winning. We beat the Coyotes 27 24. Uh, you know, South Dakota started off the scoring. Um, and this was. You know, after an Alex Barnes fumble, uh, sadly that seems to be a trend that yeah, we I hope scary, we can buck the trend. I, I'm not too trend. terribly concerned about it, but yeah, vintage fashion. Cats give up the first points. Um, you know, we answered back, scoring on the next drive <clears throat> on the back of a Skylar Thompson 44-yard run, and then another 10-yard run on third and five from, uh, and then uh, you know that Nick Leonard's drop pass in the end zone. Pretty well-executed play. Um, you know, I had a really good view of it. Uh, I didn't think it was the best pass in the world. 
I would have preferred it to be on the outside, but, you know, Leonard's was all by himself because we kind of ran, like, some pick routes, and, you know, it was perfect. He should have caught it for sure. Yeah, it could have been, could, been a little bit better pass, but, I mean, it hit you in the waist. He definitely yeah, should have caught it. You had to turn around a little bit, but come on, man. I mean, you're a Division One, you're a Power 5 tight end. Uh, you know, all the talk was we were wanting to target tight ends more, and then, of course, hits you straight in the hands. You miss it, and then, you know, third-legged Blake Lynch, you know, hits his first of, well, eventually. Yeah, I think that's someone. I get it. Someone <laughs> was asking about, you know, possible nicknames for him that didn't make it to the Ask Bosco segment. But my <laughs> official my official nickname for him until something better comes along is third leg Blake Lynch. So I like it. I, I, that's absurd. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, so, well, you know, let us know if you guys have a better nickname for our new uh, kicker, future Lou Groza Award winner, Blake Lynch. Um, you know, and after that, the Coyotes came back and they scored a touchdown. They took the lead. There were two big plays, and then there was a Duke Shelley defensive pass interference, and we'll talk on uh, the secondary and Duke Shelley specifically a little bit later, but. You know, he struggled in that defensive pass interference, and he was targeted on both of those big plays. That was a very bad drive for our guy, Duke Shelley. Yes, lots to talk about with Duke. Um, but we'll touch on that later. Um, stalled out again, you know, near the end zone after the drive by Delton, and ultimately, you know, he undid his inability to finish that pass to Zuber in the end zone and Barnes' second fumble, which yeah. is... And honestly, I went back and saw a replay of that, and we were dangerously close away from that truly being another turnover. Oh, I know. It scored out of bounds, but man, the guy if, was right there. Yeah, I mean, if if it was maybe you know two feet closer to the middle of the field, that, I mean, that's another South Dakota, that's another South Dakota turnover, yeah. and you know, thank God for BDBL, yeah, uh, Mr. Third Leg Blake Lynch. He steps up again, nails a field goal. And, you know, all of his field goals were, you know, perfect, 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 straight, strong, had plenty of distance. Yeah, right got, down the got in the middle each time. Um, you know, the, the teams, teams traded a few punts next, and then it was aided by a 15-yard penalty and then another 20-yard connection between Delton and Zuber. Uh, but, again, stall out. Blake Lynch hits his second longest field goal of the game, 38-yarder. This brings it to 10-9. At this point, you know, I'm thinking – all right, you know, the defense has, you know, tightened down a little bit. We're now only a point behind. I'm frustrated we haven't gotten into the end zone, but, you know, I, I'm feeling okay at this point. Yeah, I mean, D looked okay. Um, I was kind of feeling like I was last year in game one. I was like, all right, it's going to open up. Eventually we're going to break a couple long runs. And once we score a touchdown, we're going to be all yeah, right. Yeah, bust it open. open. Yeah. But, I mean, mistakes. We yeah. turn around. We let them score. They take the lead. Well, no, no. We, we, we have another stalled out drive right. that resulted in his long, yeah, forty four yarder. I mean, the third legged monster, you know, hits it and it had distance. I, you know, I watched him warm up. I got into the stadium uh, early, and I'll talk about my experience in the stadium pregame. But I saw him and he was banging them through from fifty five with some leg to spare. So um, I am coming out of this far more you know optimistic about our kicking game also you know i sit right behind the players section four like row 17 and i was seeing blake lynch a lot there's zero percent chance that he's five five yeah he is so small he is so small and his pads like his shoulder pads look hilarious on him. also i saw a video of him in uh 
the locker room after the game, all the press surrounding him. Literally, there wasn't a press member shorter than him. It's crazy to see because, you know, in all those videos of, you know, you see Alex Barnes, you see Skylar Thompson, you see uh, Dalton Reisner talking to the media. There's always video of them, and everyone's having to hold their mics up to them. They're all almost like pointing them down to the third leg monster, Blake Lynch. So. Also, a big fan of uh, Blake Lynch's celebrations oh yes yeah just he has to hop up <laughs> and give a high five, high five. That's <laughs> that, that was great um but you know after all of that uh south dakota took the lead there was 30 yards worth of penalties and this was probably for me the second or third most frustrating play of the game there this is just you know this chunk this series is the worst yeah performance of the game by so far. we I mean, actually two minutes yeah we actually see eli walker make a great play on the ball gets an interception, and then Walter Neal Jr. gets called for a DPI. So right after Walker gets the pick, I see the flag, so I'm not really celebrating that much. And then he goes down, he spikes the ball, then I see two or three flags coming. And I actually thought that there was a second unsportsmanlike penalty because there was some jawing going on. I think it was uh, Patton or maybe Sullivan was in the game. Someone was jawing with another player. So I, I was saying, holy crap, this is about to be a 45-yard penalty. And I noticed that before any of the olds in Section 7 actually even understood what was going on. Luckily, it was just 30 yards. So it was the DPI, and then Walker got hit with the 15-yard penalty for spiking ball. Uh, the Coyotes, you know, a couple plays later, they scored a touchdown. All of a sudden, I'm not. I'm feeling crappy at this point. We were just in the lead, um, just and, then, and penalties just t- took over. And then, of course, the very next Beckins. play from scrimmage. <laughs> very next play from scrimmage. Go ahead. I mean, they scored the pick six from Delton. Brought the score to 24-12. You know, I'm walking out at that time. I, just, I was watching it from the top, and I was like, "Oh my god." We're gonna lose. I thought I had absolutely no hope at that point. It was halftime. We're down twelve. We can't get anything going. Not great. It was so frustrating. It was a horrible, horrible, pass. horrible pass. We're going to we're going to touch on quarterback battle later, uh, but it was. I don't know what he was looking at. I mean, he threw it basically into triple coverage, and then it was an easy just jaunt into the end zone. The South Dakota player kind of jumped in, supermaned up there. Um, it was so frustrating. Not great. We go to halftime. Um, my dad and I, like I usually, so most most games I'm going to be on the east side. I was sitting with my dad for the opener on the west side in section seven. Um, we usually meet up at halftime talk, but we were just sitting there, and there was almost nothing to be said. We were just like, I was trying to come up with some positives, but we were just sitting there kind of watching the band, and it it just was so frustrating and I don't know what time you got back into the stadium but something that was crazy for me the specialists came out with about like eight minutes like they usually do all the coaches were out there but it literally it was two minutes before kick before yeah. the players came out and you know they ran out they went into the end zone there was some sort of talking going on but the referees were like you guys got to get off the field it's time to kick off I've never seen a team come back from halftime that late no I mean I saw that I was back basically right right when they were coming out so about two minutes before kick and I mean they must have had a lot to a lot to unfold in the locker room there but well well okay we can say good but it's not like they came out gangbusters so almost nothing happened in third quarter until what would become a precursor to the final game play of the game South Dakota missed a 47 yard field goal short it hit the crossbar um you know 
a couple yards, maybe it was like maybe two yards away from being good. And that would have changed everything. But, uh, Man, at that point, you're not doing anything. They almost get a field goal. I'm pessimistic. Like full disclosure, I lost ten bucks because at that moment I bet a friend of the pod, Matt Main, and I, he was far more optimistic than me. He said, "Oh, it's a toss up." I said, "No way, we're not winning." He said, "We'll want to bet ten bucks." I said, "Okay, sure." So I lost ten bucks. Luckily, luckily it was to my uh, buddy, and I can win that back thanks to my bookie. Um, (laughs) you know, remember Bosco's boys, uh, we have a promo code boys, 100% match. We'll talk about them again later. Uh, but you know, at that point we're not doing anything. They almost get another field goal and then we stall out again, give them the ball back. But then the defense, I think from that field goal for rest of the game, the defense made a fourth down stop. I'm getting pumped at that point. This is the worst. This is the worst play of the game for me. Yes, it was yes. Right in front of me, I was like, I mean, Skyler drops a forty-yard dime. It was a, shown. it was a bomb. It was and perfect. It was, like, it was like I want to say he was like kind of thrown off his back. Foot. Yeah, he he kind of got out of pressure. He stood in there. It was a great throw. It hit him in stride, and then oh, I mean, it should have been a touchdown. If it, he catches one hundred. That, that should have been a touchdown. In. And then he just, of course, he bobbles it, he bats it up, bats it up, <laughs> and then the D back comes in, just cradles it, nice and easy. <sighs> God. And at, see, at that point, it's like no, there's I'm no done. way we're winning. Yeah, I, at that point, I'm like, just... what can you do? You cannot ask Skyler to throw a better ball. That legitimately was yeah. perfect. Like, there's no hope at that. There's point. yeah, there's no hope. We were still down twelve. Too. Yeah, we we're still down twelve. Ugh. Luckily, the defense. You know, I think I think South Dakota maybe picks up a quick first down, but then they get a stop, and then that's when that's when it all changes. We force a punt. And it turned out to be one of the top ten longest punt returns in K-State history. We Isaiah finally Zoom. saw that speed. Yes, we yes. About. When he was coming around that corner, I was like, oh. I mean, he looked he, fast. He and turned the Jets several on. Times. He turned the Jets on and just, boom, takes off. Um, I want everyone to get on to Twitter. K-State Football, the account tweeted out the call from friend of the pod, Brian Swaggy B. Smaller. He had a great call. Sexy bald. Oh, he's sexy bald. And then, you know, two-time guest of the show, Travis Tannehill, had some great uh, color commentary on that as well. But, man, at that point, the stadium came alive. And speaking of the stadium, you know, we had a lot of talk, especially in the offseason, about uh, elite atmospheres. And it wasn't elite. But you know what? It ended up being far more full than I expected. And a lot more folks came back from the second half than I expected. Granted, close game, you're losing. But I thought most people were just going to pack it up. But, you know, just quickly, what what was your take from the crowd? You know, it was, I mean, the first half was great. Second half was pretty pretty good. But, you know, in terms of, like, capacity, it was way better than I expected. We probably lost about thirty percent of the students, but you I know, mean, most of them stayed. Late, late in the game, caused multiple delay of games and false starts. Yeah, by, it was loud. I mean, so it it was good. I'm gr- I'm glad the crowd stepped up when they were. That Zuber it, play was pretty damn loud. Yes, I mean. and it and it breathed light or life back into it. Um, at that point, you know. Great moment. That was a great return. Yeah, it was a great broke return. a tackle too. Like I yeah. thought he was going to go down. I was like, shit, no, you've got to go. He, and he did. He pulled, put on the Jets, pulled away. Yeah. Great return from yeah. It, Zub. You know, it was great. Um, momentum's now back on our side. Uh, we had uh, we kicked the ball back. They have the ball. We saw our first and only sack of the game by Reggie Walker. Uh, that was loud too. Yeah, that was loud too. And you know, it was it was good. The defense really. I mean, if you truly look at it, 
They gave up the pick six was on the offense, and then they got a stop inside the red zone after a short field fumble. You know, that's yeah, I'm kind of giving them ten points. Is yeah, what yeah, they gave up ten points. They gave up really? around ten. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm feeling pre- I'm feeling far more optimistic yeah. about the defense than I was going into the game, uh, and especially because I think South Dakota actually has a pretty good offense. They made some plays, but you know we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we get the stop. Alex Barnes finally breaks off a run, you know, 35-yard run, the second longest run of the game. Mm-hmm. Zuber is found 15-yard completion on third down. And then we have third and goal again. Yeah, Zuber came to life. Oh, my gosh. And so on this – so if you guys you – Oh, know, that was Zuber. He caught yeah, that too. I yeah. just forgot. Like, yeah, no, that was it, a it was great a, catch. It was, it was third and goal or maybe third and seven from the 10. Uh, you know, we're, Pass, it was perfect. Yeah, but so back of the end zone, Skyler basically split two or three guys. He ended up getting two feet in. I, I saw I, I saw the clip of it really? today. He got two feet in. I'm and, surprised that they didn't like review it. They said like they said it was confirmed. Was, well, I heard him they, say on the PA, like maybe they did review, it, but, but it he got like, boom, he, boom. he got two feet in. Skyler stayed in there. He took a hit. He played like a quarterback is supposed to. And at that point, he took the lead for the third time in his young career, having a double-digit comeback in the fourth quarter. A lot of people you know, are trying to detract from that. But the fact of the matter is, I think the guy just has it. Again, we'll talk a little bit here in a little bit about the quarterback competition. So that happens. The defense, again, gets another stop. And then we have a five-minute drive. We're marching the field. Oh we it's a 50 yard drive you know we're killing the game off and it should be over and then the most puzzling of events happen so it's third and one <laughs> you're getting ready to snap the ball and literally if you run the ball keep the clock moving and pick up the first down over what happens we take a delay a game penalty delay game. the only t- and uh, you know there were not the offense looked the same. The one thing I'll say is very rarely until the final possession where we were trying to run the clock down did we run it down. But this one, we took the delay of game penalty, which ultimately ended up being the downfall of us. Skyler, again, makes an amazing throw. Like He makes a throw that not every Power 5 quarterback can make on that great out route. Yeah. You know, pick up the first down. You think, all right, party time. Kneel. It is over. Kneel the ball. Kneel the ball. Because it, we went out of bounds on that pass, technically Bill Snyder was right. The chart says that there was a little bit too much time. Yeah. So then we run the ball, and you're thinking, all right, you know, it's fine. Alex Barnes, I think it was maybe he picked up like two or three yards or something. And he gets stripped again. Yeah. His second turnover, his third overall fumble, fourth turnover of the day. And then all of a sudden it's like, I mean, I was here just we like, go. This is, this is going to be the most K-State loss well, no, it, it, to no, it wasn't going to be a case at all. That was an Iowa State type That's move. True. <laughs> That's so that, true. You know, Bill started looking like Paul Rhodes out there. Yeah. Um, and again, I understand the chart, but fact that, like, especially the fact that Alex Barnes had fumbled twice already. What you need to do is you need to do the little snap, the take a couple steps back, stand there, stand there, stand there, then take the knee. Uh, and, and that's what you need to do. And the crazy thing is, for as bad as that was, a play that people are not going to give enough credit for, that second down play, Alex, or not Alex, Skylar Thompson was running towards the boundary. He maybe could have picked Stays. up the first down, but he went yeah. down inbounds, the, the, just the perfect football play to keep the clock running. And it's such a shame that that happened and then 
we had to screw it up with that. And then all of a sudden, here we go again. Um, oh. Scary. I was yeah. terrified. I mean, I just felt like... It's like I, the I, football gods were going to try to punish us for trolling on Iowa State fans the Friday night before the first game. I know. We... I know. I'm, I'm scared that we really did upset the football gods for this season, but that's another matter. Um, so they're moving down. We can't stop them. Every time I think we're going to stop them, you know, we so shoot cool. ourselves in the foot. We get penalized by a really poor call on McGee. Yeah, um, and McGee had a really. he had a great game, by yes, the way. He, had a you know, good game. he stepped up. AJ AJ Parker got benched, I believe. I I don't I didn't don't even think I saw him coming on the slot. Um, he was great. Yeah, McGee played great, and I think he might be our number two corner moving forward. Um, but as we reference, and if you're listening to this pod, you probably already know, um, 50-yard field goal. And it actually was aided by another false start penalty. The crowd stepped up, uh, made some noise, false start penalty, moved it back five yards. Granted, that's going into the wind. And I knew he wasn't going to make five, it anyways. Five yards. He was short he, on the he, last he, one. Yeah, and with, fi- the wind. with the wind, he ended up barely making it to the goal line, so the five yards wouldn't have mattered all that much, but it made me feel better. Kicks missed. Oh, excuse me. Cats win. Large collective sigh of relief. And that's re- one literally what it is. One and O is better than own one. Yeah. Um, statistical leaders for the game, so Simmons, their quarterback, uh, 257 yards, one touchdown, but less than 50% completion rate, mm-hmm. 24 of 56. Delton had 91 yards, one interception, which was a pick six, 91 yards. But he had a QBR of 18.3. Not good. Not good. Sky had 61 yards, one touchdown, one interception, eight of 14, 76.3. You can So just let's call it like it is. That's not a stellar performance, but if you think about – some of those passes he had two touchdown passes dropped he had another one dropped by chabasson taylor if the wide receivers act the way they should have he should have been at least 11 for 14 probably closer to 150 yards with three touchdowns and picky um, through not his fault either oh my all, god so. and i saw some folks on twitter trying to get out our friend cole man back i oh can't believe anyone tried to hold that interception at Skyler, we're going to move on for it. We're not going to try to pick fights with. Um, so you know, despite fan, Barnes had a tough day in terms of you know holding on to the football, but actually had a pretty good day in terms of production. 103 yards on uh, 21 carries, averaged about five yards a carry. You know, if he can put that out every game, he's going to have a great year. Yeah, the uh, he had a long run of 34 yards. Skyler had the entire game's longest rush of 44 yards. Uh, Delton did have 78 total yards on 100 or on 12 attempts. Uh, Falk of the Coyotes, he led all receivers. He had 140 yards, 11 receptions. He just abused Duke Shelley all night. Uh, Zuber did lead the Cats with five receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that's the game. Before we start going unit by unit, are there any other macro-level calls you want to Not really. Out? I thought, you know, 1-0, 1-0. Crowd was good when they needed to be. Um, let's just move on. Everybody get excited for Mississippi State. So I'm not going to be excited for Mississippi State if we are going to keep this quarterback battle. Right. Um, we'll, we'll chat about it. But, you know, I first thought that the coaches completely mismanaged this system. Um, Skyler got two drives, one and then one drive where Alex Barnes fumbled on the very first play of the game or of the drive. And then he got one th- drive 
late in the second half or second quarter, which was just ending the half. And then we even started with Alex Selton in the second half. It was completely maddening to me that they continued to go back to Delton when, in my opinion, Skyler, quite frankly, was the best quarterback and wasn't even close. It made no sense. So, I mean, Skyler started as he should have, and there, he had three series, and that was it. He got benched for no reason. He didn't do anything that warranted him being, you know, benched. But, I mean, if we're going to talk, just go full-blown into the, the quarterback yeah, debate here. Yeah, let's just here. go all um, into it. If there's, it's it's got to be straight up. It's Skylar Thompson at this point. I mean, he's put the nail on the coffin, in my opinion. He did what he needed to do. He's had a pretty limited time in his career playing, but like you said before, he's played, what, four four games, basically, and three of those – He's been thrown into the deep end where we're down double digits, and he's come back, and we've won all three of them. Yeah, he he came back in that Texas Tech game in a game that he didn't start. He came in. He saved the day. He Granted, he didn't play great in the first three quarters of Iowa State, but fact of the matter, he brought us back for that one. This one, he did nothing that warranted him getting pulled, and I get it. I think the plan always was to play both of them, but he did nothing to earn – the few amount of snaps that he got, but then he comes in and when it matters most, he's the one playing. He comes back, gets the win. He made two massive throws in the fourth quarter that Alex Delton just quite frankly is not capable of making the touchdown throw and the third down throw, uh, deep in the end zone or in the red zone, uh, late in the fourth quarter. Also Delton's legs were not so great that he has to be the starter. Fact that he, he has elite, Top end speed running north and south, but he is not capable of having any sort of shiftiness or change of direction. Fact of the matter, Skylar Thompson, he made three guys miss on his 44 yard run and showed far better quote unquote wiggle than Alex Delton did. I I think that you need to get Alex Delton on the field in some packages, but sure. Skylar Thompson has to. I repeat, has to be your starting quarterback. Otherwise, I any sort of confidence I had in this new coaching staff is gone. No, he has to be starter. He has to get the bulk of the snaps. You just, I mean, he's the better quarterback. He's a far better passer. He's a capable runner, maybe even just as good as a runner as Delton is. Um, it makes zero sense. Uh, I. For me, he's our number one guy, and you it's its clear. It's just very obvious that he's I, the best quarterback we have. I almost think it looked like Delton's passing regressed, to be honest with you. That might be a little extreme, but fact of the matter, there are three. At least decision-making in terms of passing. Yeah, because he had three passes that should have been intercepted that were flat-out dropped by South Dakota defensive backs, one of which was going to be a surefire pick six. Yeah. It, 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 was, just, it was just borderline and embarrassing to see his passing decision-making skills and I don't know if you can even put that all on him I think that the coaches did not really you know allow him to put his best foot forward and they surely didn't with Skylar I know I I do feel and maybe maybe this is wrong or coming out of nowhere but I feel like the coaches are going to go with Skylar I do I think he's basically got himself the starting job um and I think maybe they were kind of doing the two-quarterback system in this game, thinking that, you know, we're going to eventually we're going to pull away. And I think they were planning on doing the two-quarterback system just kind of to see that competition probably in game one 
probably the whole time. That was probably their game plan. And then <laughs> once it started to go tits up a bit, we had to go with Skyler, and he. I mean, we won the game. I do then, think that he's going to start next season. Why next the season. hell did they? If that was the plan, I, I guess my question is, why the hell do you stick with Dalton so much? I don't know. I really uh, don't know. There's a lot of still puzzling things that the staff is doing. Obviously, stemming down and, from the the big man, but. And I'm not going to take credit for this call out, but in the KSO show post game show that they put out late last night. Uh, if you're listening to this late last night being Saturday night or early Sunday, I'm not sure when it actually went up. But they were saying it, it definitely looked like there were too many cooks in the kitchen. And when they said that, that too makes so much sense. Fact of the matter, you have six guys with coordinator in their title. If you think about, you know, Sean, Norwood, Siler, Dickie, Klein, and Coleman, I think they need to streamline something. They basically need to have one guy calling plays on offense, one guy playing calls on defense, and everyone else is in an advisory role because it just seemed it just seemed a little disjointed. You don't say. Yeah. Speaking, State seems a little disjointed. Yeah, I know. Speaking of disjointed. Wow. Okay, so this is puzzling. Very alarming to me. Yes, um, I'm do, concerned. We're talking about the offensive line now. Um, in case you guys didn't know. So – Basically, everything that we've really ever talked about in this game is just thrown out the window. Like Everything like that happened is the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. Offensive line, highest graded group in our, on our squad. Some serious, in shambles. Some serious talent on that, that squad. NFL talent, very highly graded across the country. It was the number coming into the season, it was the number one rated pro football focus college offensive line. Had a nightmarish game. I mean... <sighs> You really, can't say really poor, really you can't poor. say anything good about any of the guys. Dalton Reiser, not good. France getting penalties called. The entire interior of the line, not good. Abdul Beecham got called for a couple uh, holding calls. Josh Revis got some snaps. I I didn't see anything glaringly bad from him, but it it's just puzzling. Um, everything that you thought coming into the season, you thought that the offensive line was going to basically just eat South Dakota's lunch. They South Dakota had one good defensive end, but fact of the matter is this should not have happened. No, it shouldn't. It was abysmal. And I do think that offensive line is a group that can like it's not that alarming. They they, they have the players, they had the talent. I don't know what the problem was. I mean, they were getting just absolutely destroyed. They couldn't get any push. That a lot of that a lot of the running back issues was really just down to the line. I mean, they were getting hit in the backfield before they even had a chance to hit a hole. But you know, I do think that this is something that can that's going to sort itself out. I mean, I mean, it has to. I mean, but, if it doesn't, I think the narrative about Charlie Dickey oh, has to change next week. I we're, mean, we're about to go against probably maybe not the best, but a top five D line in the country. If we play even remotely close to how we played last night, we're going to be thirty. We're going to get beat by thirty points. Yeah, it's we're not going to score. Yeah, it, it's going to be bad. Like, yeah. I do think like I think they're going to turn it around. I do. I don't know why I'm. I'm putting faith in them, but because we have leaders like Dalton Reisner. But here's the thing: Dalton Reisner says all the right things. You know, he had that whole spiel about how he it's, he's tired of being just good. He wants to be elite. He wants to be the best offensive line we give up in the sacks? country. I I didn't pull it out. I mean, well, according to his standards, we had a great game. We rushed for 250, and I don't think we got sacked, which is uh, very just. Like arbit- like doesn't make any sense. But, Obviously, right, we had a very stat- poor game. Stats do not tell know, the I entire know. story, and I've s- I saw a lot of fans trying to you know p- 
put out a lot of stats to fit different narratives. You can't. In fact, of the matter the eye test shows how poor the offensive line played, and it, it's just disappointing. And they say all the right things. I am, I I'm so nervous to see them play against Mississippi State. I am too. It could be disastrous, but you know. Maybe it was just one of those games. Well, and you know what? Hopefully this was a wake-up call, um, and hopefully this means that, at least in the interior line, if they think Josh Revis is better than any of the guys on the interior line, it's time to put him in there because you can't play around anymore. No, I mean, you can look at it like two ways. One, they're super overrated. They're not as good as we thought they were going to be, and we might they might struggle. I don't think that's the case. I don't know if you buy into this type of thing, but – you know, sometimes when you play that poorly, it can be the best thing that can ever happen to you. You can turn well, around and say, "Wow, we played like absolute shit," and you're embarrassed, and you're like, "We got to be, we got to turn everything around. We're about to play Mississippi State." I don't know if you subscribe to that kind of mentality, but you know, sometimes that's the case. So, you know, the positive side of me does say that, um, but fact of the matter is, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. In Mississippi I certainly State. think they're going to work pretty hard this week. Well, yeah, I mean, they have to. Um, so let's just talk on it real quick. Um, tight end play. Nick Lenners had that drop. He then gets hurt. I will say Blaze Gammon. I watch him specifically on a couple plays. He played well as a blocker. Um, we didn't really have a spot to talk about them, but um, you know, not good, not great, not terrible. Nothing I really hope to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope Lenners' injury isn't serious um, because I think you can see he can be a. Uh, threat in the pass catching game. Um, if you got that touchdown pass, I would say it was good. Yeah, but <laughs> I would grade them pretty highly. But drop. We'll move on. Running, running backs, backs. And receivers. Um, you know, running backs. Not terrible, but no. I I'm sorry. Issues. No, I I'm sorry. You cannot uh, for a I'm unit. If you're fumbling that many times, yeah. turning it over. That's bad. Yes, I'm getting a poor grade, but a lot of the issues you kind of got to put on the backs of the offensive line as well. I mean, that's true. There's not much you can do as a running back when you're getting hit immediately, but I mean, fumbling a major issue that needs to be addressed. Major issue, just unacceptable. Um, something I'm going to talk about Alex Barnes and the, you know, Papa McFarland upstairs this morning, we were talking about this over coffee. If you look at Alex Barnes career outside of like maybe that Oklahoma game last year in that Baylor game, he doesn't do anything in the first half. He turns it on in the third and fourth quarter, and I think that's a testament to his next-level endurance and strength. But it's, it is it is frustrating that, you know, more times than not, he is just not effective in the first half. Is Alex Barnes as good as he's hyped up to be? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I think us as K-State fans, we love to hype him up. He had that insane rush rushing yards per carry his freshman year he had signs of being an elite back last year you know specifically that Oklahoma game and then I think was it the Baylor game last year he had one Baylor game it was either last year or his freshman year where he he got every carry against Baylor oh yeah and just went off had like eight like nine yards of carry yeah so I think I I'm getting to the point where we maybe have hyped him up a little bit um but he's still just a junior and he's shown flashes so maybe maybe we're overhyping him but you know that's what fans do um something go ahead I think he's a good back I want to see more from him it is only game 1 of his junior year you know he still rushed for 100 yards 
those fumbles are troubling. I don't I don't think it's uh, in his character to do that, but we'll see. I I would I would feel like if you just took everything and got rid of those fumbles, say he t- held on to the ball the entire game, I'd feel a lot different because you know that's probably like an extra, you know, 20 30 yards, no turnovers and quite frankly the game's probably a lot different as well. Um I just really I just I really uh, want to see Justin Tillman more. I think he's a good back. I see, don't know I why don't. they don't he, like him. Well, he he only played one snap and I don't think they don't like I mean he was a starter almost every game last year. I I don't I I I'm I'm very neutral. I don't really care about seeing someone more, but I want to see Dalvin Warmack more and we need to start getting him the ball more out of the passing game. He had one target. It was nine yards. It was perfectly executed. A nice little route to the flats, caught it in stride, turned up the field. I thought he actually got a bad spot. I thought it was like closer to 10 or 11 yards, but they credited him with nine. Uh, That needs to be something that we're looking at once or twice a drive almost because he is so quick. It's always open. And he can can expose linebackers with his shiftiness and his speed. He can straight up expose them. So that's the running back I want to see used more. You know, yeah, maybe – get Silman a touch. Uh, it is it is a little interesting to see what Silman did from his freshman, sophomore, and junior year and then not even getting a touch in his senior year. That's a little surprising. Uh, I don't know. But I think he's a good player. I think Warm. I really want to see Warmack just get the ball. I'd like more. to see Warmack more, but, you know, we, we probably will. I think we probably will because let's talk about the receivers. Um, Holy crap. That oh. is – so when I'm, like, comparing the receivers to, like, the O-line, like, I think the O-line is going to sort itself out. I really think they're going to be a good unit. But the receivers, I think we're in some serious trouble. I mean, there, there's no depth. I have this is no not a, light at the end of the tunnel. This is there. not this is not a division 1 level core, let alone a power 5. The coaches have dropped the ball when it comes to recruiting this position. They've dropped the ball when it comes to retention of wide receivers. I think most of our fans are going to remember Corey Sutton. He was great yesterday. He went off for Appalachian State versus Penn State. The fact that you couldn't find a way to keep him is frustrating. Jabaston Taylor looked lost on almost every route he ran. He had one target dropped. Harris was either hurt, suspended something, so he wasn't out there. So he had no depth. Uh, there was no, I didn't see uh, uh, Stan Weber's kid, Landry Weber, out there at all. Um, and then you had Schoen. He was targeted 10 times, only three catches. That's just unacceptable. Zuber's going to have a serious amount of weight on his shoulders, and if they start keying on him, like if they start doubling up on him, we're in trouble. Because we're not going to be able to move the ball at all. Yeah, we just he, don't know what we're going to do. He had five receptions on six targets. He I needs, mean, Zuber saved our ass. Yes, like, but the thing about Zuber, and I watched him, he needs to run much more crisp routes in the middle of the field. I don't know what it is about him, uh, but you know he's okay on the boundary. Once you get into the red zone where you start playing backyard football, just trying to ad lib stuff, he's great. But he he is not running good routes in the middle of the field. He's not running good routes. You know, even when we're backed up, he needs to play much better. You know, in between the twenties. Yeah. Um, also, I don't. I feel like this is a problem that we've been having for the last few years. Even when we had talented receivers, we don't run great routes in general. I mean, oftentimes you'll see Tyler or not Tyler, Skyler get like tons of time, and then 
you got four receivers running fly routes or po- deep post routes, and no, he's just got no options. Or, Nobody's or, open. Or multiple guys in the same zone. It, right. It, it makes absolutely no sense. We need better better plays. I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, that's frustrating because everyone loves Andre Coleman. I'm not here to throw, you know, the ice water, ice bucket challenge on all the Andre Coleman fans, but, you know, he, I don't think the play calling was great. The wide receivers were not good. I think it's time we all kind of look ourselves in the mirror and really decide, are we going to ride with Andre Coleman? I'm not convinced we should. Well, <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far yet. It's only been one game with him as offensive coordinator. But, you know, I just feel like our pass options are pretty poor. Like, it's always a, it always seems like the quarterback has no one to throw to. You're right. They're always in the same zones. They're always running deep, deep routes where no one can get open. It's like, it's not great. And I don't know if that's, you know, play call or what, but it's a pretty big playbook. I feel like there's got to be better pass plays than that, but we can move on to the D. And I thought they were, yeah, a lot more fun to talk about. Let's start with the defensive line. I thought, you know, not terrible, not great. Um, did pretty decent against the run, but failed to get any real meaningful, consistent pressure until, you know, towards the end of the game. I thought we were breaking through pretty pretty well, but, you know, still the quarterback had too much time. Yeah, I I actually think they played very well. You, As you put it, did great against the run game. You got penetration versus the run. You allowed linebackers to make plays. I actually disagree with you. I think for the amount of times they dropped back to pass, so South Dakota dropped back 45, or 54 times, 55 times. I thought we actually, for the amount they dropped back, got a lot of pressure. But the thing that's lacking is the final product, the sack. There should have been five or that's six true. times. It seems like he got away quite a few times. I don't know if the guys just, you know, a uh, uh, poor man's Johnny Manziel and has some sort of voodoo magic, but he was able to escape. The, yeah. Career. Oh God, <laughs> that was the shittiest thing I've ever seen. Ah, uh, but we'll, we'll keep. <laughs> we don't want to talk but, about that. No, but the, I mean, there was one play specifically where it should have been like a thirty-five yard sack. I just couldn't bring him down. Uh, you know, I was pleased with Reggie Walker. Um, he did get the one sack. Kyle Ball got some hurries. Uh, Boom Massey, he uh, got in. He didn't play at all in the first quarter, um, which was a little surprising. Doghouse? Didn't he get in trouble? Maybe. Parking tickets or something? Oh, yeah, that's probably what it is, parking tickets. But he he got pressure. The interior guys uh, played well. And I tell you what, I think Mitty... Uh, got two or three tackles for losses, and you know that's the I think nephew of uh, the basketball women's basketball Is coach, really? Mitty. Yeah, um, so you family. know family hashtag family. So I I was actually I think I was even a little bit higher than you on the defensive line. No, I I'm fairly hopeful about them. I think they're going to be pretty decent. I mean, like I said, not terrible. I didn't think they were great, but. Pretty solid performance. Yeah, can't complain too much. Uh, How about our new linebackers? I thought Patton's the real deal. I think I, agree. I think he could be a an all conference contender. Um, you know, he was able to fly to the ball. I think he had four solo tackles, um, and he was in the right spot at the right time. He actually was making some plays in the pass defense. What I'm worried about is Sam Sizelove. Mm-hmm. His athletic ability was exposed. Um, 
it, it wasn't good. And what I'm confused about, Sullivan, so I, I was under the impression he wasn't going to play. I think I said that in the preview pod. He was out there. He played in dime yeah, packages and nickel packages. He was, um, he was, uh, they he, came out with uh, him being like healthy the day before. They, I think somebody tweeted out. Well, Bill Snyder said he was healthy, but I I don't believe anything Bill says in a press conference. Yeah, that's true. But so he was out there, and he, you know he had a knee brace on. You could tell maybe he wasn't a hundred percent, but the guy can fly. Uh, you, I think it has to be him and Patton being your two, and then Sizeov coming in with the threes. I, I, I just. Uh, so what, what, what did we play most of the time? Because we started in a four three. Because Sizeov was in the middle, and yeah, had all three linebackers in. We, we were predominantly in diamond nickel, so um, it was two linebacker sets most yeah, of the time. Yeah, definitely Sizeov needs to be third. Yes, I, <laughs> I no chance. I agree with you, but but I, I'm super high on Patton. I thought Sullivan was good. I thought for the most part, the linebackers <laughs> did well. They filled holes, and all that being said, you know, we Sizeov did make some tackles. Um, but th- there was a couple where, you know, on one of South Dakota's big runs that he just got Heisman, just stiff armed. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's disappointing. Um, I thought, you know, linebackers did pretty well. Uh, I noticed, I noticed Patton was out of position a few times. Um, but also, you know, he had the athleticism to make some plays with that. He, he was able to make up with just his speed alone. Uh, I th- I feel pretty good about linebackers. I think they're only going to get better and, they're, they're certainly talented. They've got athleticism. That's what you need at the linebacker position. We'll move on to another spot where I think we have a lot of athleticism, but sadly, one of the most athletic players on the team, quite frankly, got exposed. Duke Shelley was just poor. And we're not a podcast that's going to consistently try to attack players or anything like that. That's not the type of podcast we want to have. But you have to call it like it is. For all the hype surrounding Duke Shelley – he fell flat on his face. He, he was getting picked game. on. He, he was. was getting picked on yeah. by an FCS school. Yeah, I don't know. You know, is that he was playing a lot of cushion too? Like, but is that a product of the system? I, well, but I actually think that the secondary played press a lot more they this did. game there than was, we ever had. Yeah, there was a lot of press. So I, so I don't know. I, I'm not sure if that's it because he, you know, he was getting beat when he was pressing. He was getting beat when he was getting cushion. He was, get, you know, slow out of breaks. He was getting, he was losing jump balls. He was getting burnt. He had a couple DPIs. Uh, I, he didn't do anything well. Is Duke another one of those players that you think that kind of starts slow? Maybe I, I, I don't know. Cause he, I, it kind of feels that way. It kind of feels like early in the season, Duke kind of struggles. But and here's then the he thing: gets stronger as the we, season we goes. We can't which have is not that. Good. We cannot have that because no, you know can't. we're we're going up against Mississippi State on Saturday, and then game four we have to go to the Couch Dome and see Will Greer and Kenny Sills. And it, if Duke doesn't figure it out, like I. Both of those games are going to be ugly. West Virginia is going to be really tough for him if that's the case. Yeah, and um, it's, let's go to some you know brighter points. Positives for K- me, Kevion McGee, phenomenal. I thought he was great. I mean, I so did AJ Parker get hurt or did he get benched? I'm not I, sure, but maybe he got a little banged up because yeah. Before I knew it, it was McGee right in front of me, and I was I was like watching him very closely and every time. Even when they tried to pick on him, he was right there. And he was making plays on the ball. There were a couple times where he did a great job in something that 
a lot of folks probably don't notice, but even if he maybe was getting beat by a step, he did a great job of moving his his receiver towards the boundary. Yeah, the guy made a catch, but he was out of bounds. And th- those are the small things that he was able to do that I don't think – because AJ, A.J. Parker was not playing well early. No. There and, was one moment where I thought McGee was beat, and there was like a kind of a shorter post pattern with his wide receiver coming across the middle – and he was like five yards off of him, and I was like, "Oh God!" Because they threw to him, and if he hits him in stride, I thought, you know, it could have been a touchdown. But he closed the gap super quick, hit him right when the ball hit his hands, and it ended up forcing a drop. So, I mean, he played really well. And I and I thought McGee might be a guy who might be playing that nickel back spot. I thought uh, Neil Junior. I thought he played pretty well. He played well. Um, you know, had that. DPI that took off Walker's interception, but I think for the most part he played well as a nickelback. You know he's he's getting his feet under him. Uh, I think he'll improve a time, um, but I I do think that he was better than Duke Shelley. I think Duke Shelley was the worst, you know, secondary player. I think the second best player was Denzel Goolsby. He made some plays on the ball. He made some uh, tackles in the run game. Was playing special teams. Um, and then Eli Walker. So what I want to talk about real quick, Eli Walker played almost half the regular snaps at safety. Yeah. And Kendall Adams played in almost every special team snap. So Kendall Adams wasn't hurt. No. But we went with Walker. Do you think that was just trying to almost protect Adams? Maybe he's not 100% so they're going to give him some rest on some series? Or is it Walker is just too athletic, too explosive not to get into a handful of series. I don't know. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. With everything Bill says, you know, he's saying Kendall Adams is, is the best and strongest I've seen him since he's been in the program. Who knows if he's actually feeling like an injury, but I don't know. I've been wanting to see more of Eli Walker, see what he can do, um, but I, I don't know. Kendall had a pretty quiet game, but, you know, game one, I don't know what you can take out of it. Goolsby did play well, though. Yeah, I, I just a big fan. I mean, everyone who listens to the Predictions podcast, I'm a massive fan of Goolsby. I think he can be a an all Big Twelve type player, but Kendall Adams can be an NFL type player. Um, so I hope that he figures it out. Um, all that being said, I'm a big fan of Walker. So if he's going to get snaps, then you know, so be it. Um, let's move on to let's move on to the biggest question mark that we had going into this game. Uh, but turned out to be the biggest plus. Exactly. So we're going to talk about special teams, and then we're going to grade the keys to V and move on to some Ask Bosco questions. And then we're going to hand out some fun awards. But special teams, got to give all the credit in the world to big Sean Snyder. He sorted those boys out, had them ready to play. And what can you say? Special teams, you, that's, we won the game with only special teams, really. Um, I thought we were going to be, I was really worried about it. They came through. Yeah, they did. Um, say what you want about Sean Snyder, and I have. Um but the fact of the matter is he got the dude can coach special yeah, teams. He he got he got third leg Blake or yeah, Blake Lynch, the, the third leg. Uh he got him booting balls. He he did fine as a kickoff specialist. I would have liked to see our coverage unit do a little bit better, but I don't think they South Dakota ever got past the twenty five. I was a little surprised we didn't see a single kickoff fair catch. Yeah, I didn't even notice the new rule change. Um, um I don't think it's gonna affect much. I saw it quite a bit in some games that I watched early 
Uh, and then I saw Navy did it on every kickoff they received versus Hawaii. Uh, you know, some Hawaii football, you know, late I just last feel night. Like but that's a strange decision. It, it, like, it, wouldn't it you want, why would you want to take away the opportunity to score? I don't know. But, um, you know, I, the fact of the matter is I think our special teams is elite. I, I don't think – I until proven otherwise, and I had a meltdown after the spring game, which I said I wasn't going to do, <laughs> but until – I see. Otherwise, I'm just going to start believing uh, Blake Lynch. Blake the, Lynch did very well. I mean, he hit a 44-yarder perfect. perfect, hit a 38-yard perfect, and then was hit both extra points perfect, hit two short field goals perfect. You know, Return get, game was good. Uh, uh, well, I actually kicks. think the kickoff return kickoff was return very game. poor. Yeah, it was pretty – average um, um that'll come but you know punt returns you took two to the house had one called back um that was that's, and that was another like it wasn't necessarily the wrong call but it was you know it wasn't even really in the play and it was flag came out of nowhere too uh, i haven't seen a replay of that so i'm not gonna make a comment on whether it, it was, was just the, one of those one of those blocking the backs that didn't affect the play and it was totally unnecessary but it was just i guess technically it was a block in the back so they called it but you know, Duke had a nice return. Um, but I think it has to be Zuber, though. I, I, oh, just, I know, because even after Zuber returned it, they well, swapped Duke back yeah, in. Well, and Duke actually dropped a couple punts. I know. So I, I think it, I think Zuber needs to be the guy for punts. Uh, and then our guy, Dalvin Warmack was you know the lead blocker. So he's the second guy back there, and I think that's a good role for him. Uh, punting Hicks, he was all right. He had a couple of good ones, had a couple meh. Nothing that's going to make me make a definitive statement on it being good or bad punting. Um, but all in all, I feel better about the special teams. Uh, that's the only thing I'm coming out of this game feeling better about. Every yeah. Everything else I feel definitively worse about. Yep, pretty much. But at least we have a kicker. <laughs> yeah, at least we have a kicker. And he's adorable. He's adorable, but he swings a hammer. Um, so we're going to grade our four keys to V. Um, if you guys forgot the, the keys to V, these were from our preview pod. We're always going to give at least four. If we ever have a special guest, we'll get a fifth in there. We'll both give grades. Whoever gave the key to V will go first. The other one will go second. For a reminder, the first key to V we had was stay injury-free from Grant. Number two was play mistake-free football from me. Establish the run, the better-looking one, Grant. And number four, the better paid one, Scott. Get up early and often. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that off pod. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I just I just <laughs> got a raise. Ladies, I we'll talk make about that. bank. <laughs> okay. So I'll start with mine. Stay injury free. Um, you know, Leonard's was a really, really our only casualty of the game. Is that right? And who knows if that's all yeah i you know i kind of got to give it a high grade i'll give it an a i mean i gave it a b minus uh only because i don't know how serious the leonard's injury is and i think we really wanted to involve them more um but you know it is what it is i b minus i'm also a much tougher grader play mistake free football i got gave it a f minus 22 percent on this test it was horrible four turnovers 13 penalties for 129 yards. You had critical clock management errors, critical timeout errors. It was awful. Very bad. F for me nearly cost us a game. Should have probably cost us a game. I mean, really, really poor. That's an F for me. Third key to V, establish the run. Gosh, it didn't really seem like we got too much going establishing the run, but we did rush for 256 yards, averaging 5.4 yards per carry. 
I'm giving him a B. I don't know. I kind of want to lean toward B minus because just the offensive line was so poor. So I'll give him a B minus. I went D plus, and for for me, it's if you look at our rushing yards, a lot of them came from some bigger runs. So Skyler had a forty four yard run. Barnes had, I believe, like a thirty eight yard run. I think Delton maybe had one or two twenty yard runs. And yeah, I was pretty generous. Now I'm thinking about it. And like probably when, more like a C. When I think of establishing the run, I kind of think like early, you know, five yards of carry, like truly a true five yards of carry, not yeah. a uh, we got some big plays, but for the most part didn't do anything. So that's what I had. And then get up early and often. The biggest fail on the board. We never once held a two possession lead. The game went down to the final possession. But part of the reason why I wanted to get up early and often was to play a lot of players. I think we, if my counts are correct and if my research is correct, I think we played 19 guys on each side of the ball. So that's quite a bit for a three-point game versus an FCS team. Um, but I still give it an F-2%. minus I'll go with the F-. minus. I didn't know really that f minus was a grade that existed but i'm into it um f is really an f to me but f minus it was really poor i don't think it is i think it's just a failing grade but i we're losing for most of the grain most of the game and just a just calling it an f is not i mean it's like expel from school enough. i'm putting i'm putting k-state football on acad- academic probation. yeah academic <laughs> academic probation if you uh, remember i threw in a fifth key to v about special teams so how would you grade special teams? i give it a b plus um you know, a big penalty that drew you back. Uh, kickoff plus about an kick eighty-nine. Off, kickoff return wasn't great, um, but you know you did get the punt return touchdown. Um, something weird. I don't know if you noticed this, but on the last punt that South Dakota did, we could have blocked it. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it was. But he he was there. He was came off 12, the edge. I, don't I thought it was, it was twelve or thirteen. I don't think it was Parker. But maybe it was Parker. Yeah. It was number 12. But he, he went right up. He could have blocked it, but he held off, which in hindsight, like, I get it. You you can't get a roughing the uh, punter penalty, give up a fr- uh, first down. But, God. Did he you, touch him? I don't Because he came off, like, holding his face. Like, well, I think he was like, holding his face because he thought he could have got there, which I friend. thought he did. I was sitting with a friend because I, like, literally didn't see it. I glanced away and watched the punt, I guess. And he was like... He's like, dude, he almost roughed him, and he touched him, and he was, like, freaking out. Because I was, I was with my friend, and he thought – See, I didn't, flag. I didn't think he touched him. I thought that I he was holding his face because he thought he could have got there. Uh, but that's where it is. Um, we're going to get into some Ask Bosco's questions. We're not going to go too in-depth with them, but some of these are fun. From at Banner 95, since we need to end the two-quarterback system, how do we still get the athletic Delton into the game with Skyler as the QB? I don't know. Only if Skyler's – failing only if there's that's our last chance well i and i or I, if we're up 50 <laughs> see i took this question of how do you do it uh kind of like just, as a package just, just i mean different sets you yeah know, the just stuff that we normally do with with Delta. yeah 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 anytime like where you think it's like going like you want to run the wildcat just run them out there truly make them the wildcat quarterback do it you know between three to five you know, as much as 10 times a game. I mean, he can make the basic throw. He can make the high school throw, which maybe you didn't have, like if you're having Warmack or Barnes play the Wildcat. Yeah. Um, but I think you can do that, uh, and I think you should do that. He has 
elite level top end north south speed, but it has to be Skyler. I agree with Banner there. It has to be Skyler. Um, coming from Mike Smith, and his Twitter handle is at m i k thirty five m i t h. You know that's kind of you know funny because Mike Smith a three looks like an E, five looks like an S. That's a very creative wow. name. Shout uh, out to Mike Smith. For yeah, that creativity. But- but after tonight, does K-State have to go with Thompson as a clear-cut starting quarterback? We've touched on it, yes. I mean, I would hope so. Skyler's, you know. He's, Here's a question. Say? How confident are, are you that we will? I'm not confident. I'm confident that he's going to be our starter. Okay, but how confident is it going to be a clear-cut type thing where we truly allow I mean, I him to play? I hope we don't do what we did last night. But I'm confident he's going to be our starter. He's our best quarterback. He should be starting. No questions asked. Um you know, we'll see if they have the balls to keep him in the game when things aren't going perfectly. But we'll see. We'll I, see. He better be our damn starter. Next question from at Johnny underscore Appleseed. First off, safe travels to him as he's making the big move from Kansas City to Colorado. Uh, enjoy all the elite breweries out there. Um, I'm sure you'll love Colorado. Uh, but Johnny Appleseed asks. Are you more impressed with the special team's performance or more disappointed in Alex Barnes? I think that's a good question. That's a great question. I would, if it were me, I would say instead of Alex Barnes, I'd say offensive line. But since we're going, I I mean, I think I'm more impressed with special teams. Um, They're our biggest question and concern coming into the season in the game, and they outright won us the game. So i got to give all the credit in the world to them. I'm going to say I'm more disappointed in Barnes. Three, Three fumbles is just unacceptable. Um it is. And that and you just can't have that from your starting running back. And that leaves leads us into the next one. Literally K asks, How concerning are Barnes fumbles? And then he asks, Fluke or trend? Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say fluke. I'm gonna stay positive. You know, I'm concerned, but I think they're gonna sort themselves out. I mean, has Barnes really had fumbling issues and without in his career not I mean, he massive seem like issues a characteristic of his um you know if he can I, again i'm just more i'm i'm more concerned about the offensive line and both of them as a unit need to be working better yes. together i mean i i agree with you i'm massively concerned but i'm going to try to stay optimistic and say trend uh r- r- one of the best boneheads coming all the way from kentucky at Rob underscore I N underscore K Y. So Robin Kentucky, how do the enhancements look? Is the beer garden decent? Did you eat any chicken sandwiches? I think I don't think you did anything. So I went in and I specifically wanted to do a lap around the stadium just to take in some of the uh, improvements. I went up to the beer garden. Um, they have is that up on the terrace? Yes, it's the okay. old tailgate terrace. Um, they have. I believe five or six stations where you can buy cans of beer, two spots where they have keg beer. It is, they had Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, uh, 312 Wheat, um, Goose Island IPA, and Shock Top. Um, and then I think they had Bud Light and Michelob Ultra on draft. You know, it's as expected. We have a deal with Bud Light distribution, so that's not too crazy. Um, they had, quite a bit of seating um but i would like to see them add more seating more like kind of lounge type chairs instead of picnic benches with umbrellas and i really and you know we know the athletic department listens gene i know you're a bonehead please for the love of god throw on some other games and not just have the big screen feed up there i think that that space can be elite i think the concept of the beer gardens is the perfect way to do beer in the stadium but it needs some improvements um 
I have faith in you guys that you will do what needs to be done. Um, I walked around. They had these hydration stations, which actually were kind of cool, um, where you could get cold water to fill up your water bottles. Um, I saw the Chick-fil-A uh, line. They are doing sandwiches, chips, and that type of stuff. You know, I didn't buy any. It's overpriced. It looked like there was a small line about 45 minutes before the game. Not sure how it went. I'm sure there'll be more people talking about it. But something that I saw and I didn't know was going to happen, they had a student section lounge where if you showed your ID, you could go back there. They did have, like, some of those kind of, like, luxury-type couches. They had a DJ going. They had $2 concessions back there. Um I, legit. Yeah, it, it actually looked pretty cool. Like if I were a student and it's just like, all right, I'm tired of you know being down there during halftime. Get a cheap hot dog, a coke, listen to a DJ, hang out, some real nice seats. Um, yeah, yeah. I used to have tickets up or passes up to the old beer garden. It wasn't t- technically the beer garden then, but it was you know the West Side Terrace where they did serve beer mm-hmm. up there. And you know, I thought it was pretty nice. The space was pretty cool. I would go up there a couple times just to check it out, but. You know, obviously it sounds more improved. That would be a great idea to have other games on. I would hang out there for sure sometimes, but more of a tailgate guy myself. But um, didn't get any chicken sandwiches either. I I doubt I'll probably ever get I one. I will never get I one. I do love Chick-fil-A. I know you're not high on Chick-fil-A, but, you know, why? I don't buy food in the stadium. You don't if need I do, to. You're tailgating. If I, if I do, I get just like a brat. Get a dog or yeah. a brat. You know. And then the final question, if last night's game was a beer, what would it be? Thinking it would be something sm- sour. Um, that was from our buddy Mike Smith. Do you have a... First of all, what's with the sour beer hate? I love good sour, sour beer. Sour beers are elite. Here's what I said. Jam band. <laughs> something purple I had high expectations for, and it left me feeling very disappointed. That's actually perfect, and I don't think I can improve upon that. I had some stuff written down, but that literally is the perfect answer. Um Jam band is terrible. It really, it, it really such a is. Bad beer. It is so and bad. I was like excited for it. And why? And Tallgrass is putting it in cans. Like they had a can, like a summer can sampler. You mean Boulevard? What did I say? Tallgrass. Tallgrass does suck, and they're going out of business. I know. Um, I bought thirty six beers of a uh, uh, Buffalo Sweat. The okay, day. I'll have we'll to come. On. I'll have to get some more Buffalo Sweat before it's done. Uh, but the tap house is going to stay open, so you can get your beers there. But let me just say, yeah, Jam Band's stupid. They had like a summer can thing Boulevard, and I hated it. Um, we'll we'll wrap this up real quick. We're going to get into our awards. Um, but before we do our awards this season, are going to be sponsored by my bookie. Remember to visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie m y b o o k i e and don't forget to use our promo code boys to receive a deposit match up to a thousand dollars you put in a thousand then you have two thousand to play with do not bet on texas texas is not back do not listen to me <laughs> so we're gonna That's do capital b o y s yes capital b o y s um so our game balls what we're going to do is uh, both of us have two game balls to give away. You can give one to an offensive player, one to a defensive player, or you can substitute a special teams member in there. Then we also got our swag stickers. Those are like helmet stickers. Um, you can give them to anyone in the game. You cannot double up any players, but a player can receive a ball and a swag sticker. So if Grant wanted to give you know a game ball to Zuber, I can give him a swag sticker. Possible spoiler alert, but I, I cannot give him a ball as well. I don't We're, remember who I did, <laughs> but I'll start off with the offensive game ball. Um, I got Zuber. You know he did start kind of slow, but once he woke up, at, he woke up a bit after that uh, electric punt return. Um, he did. Full, he filled into that role as the primary wide receiver towards the end of the game when we really needed him. 
caught an amazing touchdown pass, kept both feet in. I thought he dropped it, or I thought they were going to review it. At least I thought he might have bobbled it, but I'll go with Zuber. I'm going to use this as a special teams, uh, you know, specialty. I'm going to give it to the third leg man himself, Lynch. He is getting my first game ball of the season. Now over to Grant. You can give a game ball to either a defensive player or a special teams. I will do defensive. I'm going to go with uh, Kevion McGee. Is it Kevion or Kevion? I think it's Kevion. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, we'll McGee, McGee, slide in the DMs. Let us know. I know you listen. You're a bonehead. I'll say Kevion McGee. Um, he was a stud. Uh, absolutely, absolute stud. Stepped in, had great one-on-one coverage. Saw him do a lot of press last night. Didn't really get beat once. Made a lot of plays on the ball. Um, I really like him. I hope he can stay consistent. I don't know if he beat out AJ Parker or not, but looks like we got a player in McGee. I'm going to go with the future All-Big 12 performer, Patton. I think he is our best linebacker by far. Um, I, I think we're going to see some special teams from him in the future. Um, all right, Grant, we're going to go to you. The final one, the inaugural swag sticker going on the this player's helmet. Who's it going to be? Who do, we, who do you have? Whisper it to me. Okay, okay. So I got Skylar Thompson. Um He's a swaggy dude. People don't maybe think so. People think Delton's swaggier, but here's the thing that's swaggy about Mr. Thompson. He's a crunch time guy. He gets it done. He's he's had limited games, but he's the future of this program. It's his program. He's got to be our quarterback. He comes in, swags it up at the end, wins the game. My swag sticker goes to Skylar Thompson. I'm sticking it on his helmet. He's our starting QB1. And I'm sticking the swag sticker on Zuber's helmet. Um, he's our first ever double award winner um, in the inaugural episode. He he was the MVP of the game, and also he was swaggy when he did it. When he took back that punt return, yes. he was pointing to the fans in the north end zone. The second he stepped off of the field, he took his helmet off. He was swagging all over the place. He was pumping up the crowd. He he is a swag master. He's getting my award. Yeah, he truly is. Um, he deserve. He's very deserving of the swag sticker yeah. this week for sure. And so, I said, uh, I I don't know who it was. I want to say it was Chris Lilly of the old oh, WIBW yeah. guy. He I had think a great he's done video. a cake now. Cake, yes. He had a great uh, video, or he had a great tidbit in his tweet last night talking about how Zuber was like, "I'm going to go make a play, guys. We're going to spark this thing." And he what is that? That is swag right there. Absolute baller. So, so just a repeat for our uh, inaugural review episode: the game balls are going to Zuber, Third Leg Lynch. Patton McGee and the swag stickers are going to QB one Skylar Thompson and the swag master himself, Isaiah Zuber grant. Do you have anything before we sign off? We, we do have an announcement that I'll make right at the I end. I feel like we forgot something unless we're going to do this differently. Are we going to look at our record of the games we picked? The, that will, we will give a review of the record before we make our picks in the oh, preview gosh. episode. Okay, cool. I think we're all tied. Yeah, it was not a good week for the Big 12 or for our picks. No, Big 12, come on, Texas. What was I thinking? I let you convince <laughs> me that Texas was bad. Yeah, your Big 12 I champion. Stuck with my- your Big 12 champions, the Texas Longhorns. So, big announcement, and we it's bad, went gone back and forth a couple times, but we are having the inaugural Bosco's Boys tailgate event. It is going to be on the east side at spot 199. That is on the east side, spot 199. We're going to have beer. Um, 
If you want to bring some of your own, please do. I have no idea how many of the rabid boneheads are going to come. We are going to have quite a bit, but feel free to bring your own. Feel free to bring your own food. As it stands right now, I don't think we're going to be doing any food still to be determined. Yeah, that might be tough for us. We can we can provide free beer for sure, but food might be... A might be a little tough for this one. It's going to evolve. Um, so, again, that is the UTSA game, stall number eight. 199 on the east side grant anything before we wrap up nothing um go cats we're one and oh it didn't look pretty but hey mississippi state is here let's rock and roll and love you guys meet me at the cat head sports social podcast network